Hey, this is David Hayter. You may know me as the screenwriter of films like X-Men, X-Men 2, and Watchmen, but you probably know me best as the voice of Solid Snake from Metal Gear Solid. And you're listening to Hawaii's number one podcast, the Casanova Podcast. Kept you waiting, huh? Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Hawaii's number one podcast and the number one podcast in the Pacific, the Casanova Podcast. I'm your host, Mikhail Casanova, and I have the true honor and privilege of having the one, the only, the iconic Tara Bruno. Tara, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on as a guest. I know we've been trying to coordinate this for a very long time yeah. in both of our schedules, so I'm glad before the end of the year, I get to be on your show. Hey, it is an honor, you know, again, to have you on the show. And yet we've been, I, I've lost. Okay. So my concept of time has just completely gone out the window. If I, if I don't have it in my schedule, I'm like, I don't know what time it is, but like <laughs> we, we literally have been trying to coordinate this for a while. And, and just for the audience to know, like Tara is incredibly busy, incredibly busy. You, you know, you run Tara Bruno PR, which mm-hmm. is super super successful but go ahead let us uh have you introduce yourself and and plug your outlets and everything about you and yes this is the part where i'm gonna shut up and i just want to listen to you talk (laughs) i'm tara i've been in the industry for over 20 years um i actually tara bruno pr is a baby it's new it's not that old uh tara Mm -hmm. i've been in the industry for a very long time but i was an independent contractor for a long time Mm -hmm. um but uh, the network itself, um, which is a lot of people like me, um, mm-hmm. there are, you know, it's it's about three years old. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, this is this is new territory um, for me to, to work um, in, you know, this capacity with this many people. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, I, in my past life, um, before I was an independent contractor, I worked at a um, boutique PR agency. So um, I was one of the vice presidents there in Manhattan. Resigned my position when I had my daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, decided to be a stay-at-home mom. And, um, and then I started working remotely and, um, and then decided to, I actually, I was asked by one of my clients that uh, was using me as an independent contractor. Mm-hmm. Um, said, you know, we, love the work you do. We like the way you approach things, um, build a team. So it started from there. Wow. Yeah. So it gave me uh, an opportunity and I always was sort of on the fence of, you know, do I grow? Do I stay? But I I really liked the flexibility of my, you know, making my own hours. And Mm -hmm. um, so being independent was always a thing of of mine. And um, when I decided to grow the team, um, I decided to do it a little bit differently. So I'm Mm -hmm. not an agency, um, by, I guess the term agency of what, (laughs) um, we are all independent contractors. So, uh, for example, uh, you know, if somebody comes to me and, you know, they want to hire me for either a game or for a multitude of games, whether it's developer Mm -hmm. or publisher, um, I will then build a team, uh, Mm -hmm based on their availability, but also on their experience. So if mm. someone specializes in something that I think would be a really natural fit, that's mm-hmm. the thing that I, I will sort of build. But independent of Tara Bruno PR, a lot of people on my team, uh, you know, work for other companies or do independent contracting themselves. So it's not just for me. So they have mm-hmm. the ability to work on, on a multitude of things, mm-hmm. um, you know, and uh, obviously as long as it's not a direct competitor or, you know, something that they're working on that's similar, um, mm-hmm. they're free to, to work in any capacity. So, and we have that flexibility. We make our own hours. Um, we have a lot of fun. I really believe in 
especially now, like the the health and well being of my team, and, mm-hmm. and to promote really good culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really important. Um, and so every so often, um, just you know, as an uplifting thing, um, I will send you know a care package to everybody in my team, mm-hmm. um, and I put a lot of thought into those um, because I I know them. Um, we're a team of nine, with myself included. Um, and so, you know, everything from like, you know, um, coffee bean, uh, subscription to, you know, uh, some bath salts or, you know, something special, um, that will, you know, make them, you know, feel, I don't know, great for that day or Mm -hmm. just for that month or, you know, just to get something uplifting. Um, so that's really important to me. Wow. Okay, so here's my question. How come I didn't have you as a boss before? <laughs> like, okay, like, um, you know, when I think back to all the job, different jobs I've had, like, um, God, how long has it been? It's been almost 20 years since I graduated from college. But when I graduated from college and, and I was looking to get into PR, like, we had, we had, there's not, like, a whole lot of options out here in Hawaii for, like, PR firms. There's typically Nella Media Group, and I think that's it. Actually, I think that, Hawaii are you in? I'm in Honolulu. Okay. So like uh yeah, so when I when I got out, I was looking for PR work and I did some intern work with Nella Media Group and then there was one other company that lasted for like probably a year and then they left out. And then it's like I remember during especially during the social media boom of like two thousand seven, two thousand eight, two thousand nine when it kind of just made PR in the traditional sense of going to a firm to a certain, from my perspective, it it seemed like it kind of affected it, especially if you were trying to go into looking to work for a firm Uh, because social media just blew up. And I feel like that was super unexpected back then. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was, uh, I, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I drifted and I, I did retail. I worked for Microsoft for a couple of years. Um, when I went to Redmond, Washington and then came back and did IT and I've been out of IT for a year, but I wish I had a boss like you because I've, I've never had a good boss. Well, I just always wanted to, uh, you know, it's a team mentality, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I just, you know, I'm really grateful for my team. Um, they're mm-hmm. very hardworking. They're passionate and really care about what they do. And, you know, everybody gets busy and runs a million miles per hour, but everybody has lives outside of, uh, you know, video game PR. Yeah. Um, and so I try to be mindful of that. You know, some people have children like myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have to make dinner. I have to take my daughter, you know, to school. You know, she does do hybrid school now. So um, there are like, you know, different things uh, that I try to, um, you just have to be flexible, basically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, PR is, is, you know, one of those things, it's not a nine to six job. There's yeah. that changes. Um, and also I have a lot of clients that are on the West coast. So I have to be sort of mindful of that as well. Um, mm. because I'm on the East coast. Um, and so, um, you know, uh, but I've, I've adapted to it because it's what I signed up for. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I've been doing more and more, especially with shelter in place, um, I mean, I was traveling, you know, two to three times a month. Um, I wasn't home and I was going to the West Coast or I was visiting clients or we were doing events or I was in the mm-hmm. city. There was a lot of activity that was going on. I There wasn't really a trade show or event that I, 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 I missed unless there was like a huge conflict that maybe my daughter was in a play or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, and, uh, and so now I've really committed to uh, my, I mean, I always worked out. That was very important to me because to me, it's a, you know, uh, a release and a, mm-hmm. a time to sort of take time for myself, which I don't do that often because mm-hmm. uh, as a mom, mom, a wife and, and, you know, heading up TBPR, you know, it's my time's always sort of shared. And so that's my only time. So what I've been trying to do is commit to working out at least twice a day. So that doesn't mean that I'm like, you know, doing committing to two hour workouts, but at least like if I can walk maybe in the morning and then I'll weight lift in the afternoon or something mm-hmm. like that. And it's just for me to also take a break from sitting mm-hmm. in front of the computer yeah. a lot. And, um, 
or I'll walk my dogs, you know, some sort of like outdoor, some sort of activity that gets me moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually bought a Peloton uh, that uh, last year for my husband. But I mean, since, you know, and I was going to the gym, but since, you know, being at home, it's mm-hmm. been uh, a godsend. It's been like <laughs> it's been a lifesaver for for us to sort of use, and uh, so that's that's good because when the colder months come here, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna need it. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you find it to be like I know for my wife and I, we used to go to the gym at least you know six times a week, and then since this whole you know the the pandemic has happened. Is having to transition to working out at home, and a lot of people are like, "Oh, it should be easy." I'm like, "It's a completely different mindset because it's like you're home. You're like, there's a couch. Yeah, there are my weights. <laughs> you know, which one do you want to to utilize? Like, have you? Uh, has it been difficult for you um, with adjusting to working out at home or? Well, with the Peloton, what I really like is because it's um, it's engaging because it's a video. Mm-hmm. You're like interacting. I actually haven't done it yet, but I've been talking. You know, Andrea Renee. Yeah, I've been talking to her about we were going to schedule some sort of like video Peloton because you can do it with a friend. Mm-hmm. And I thought that would be really fun and probably be more motivating. But the one thing that is really hard to do is um, doing yoga. Uh, from mm-hmm. home. I like a yoga studio because it's mm-hmm. sort of your, you know, that's what yoga is about, right? It's like really sort of focusing, uh, you know, um, you know, while you're there and sort of being secluded mm-hmm. and letting go of all your stress or all your surroundings. I work from home. So <laughs> you can do any sort of yoga from here, I'm like, uh, yeah, I need a break. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's definitely something, you know, I think taking breaks is really important. I actually, that was one of the things that I mentioned to my team too, even though no one's really going anywhere or if they're going somewhere, they're staying, they're renting a house somewhere and staying in a house. I said, just take your, take the time, like take mm-hmm. the week off. Even if you stay at home and you're just playing video games, where take the week off so that, you get a mental break because it does, it is monotonous. I actually stopped watching the news because um, I just felt like uh, I'll find my news online when I want to. And it, I get mm. to control that. And I just yeah. feel like, you know, having news come on all the time is kind of not great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I feel the same way too. Um, you know, my wife and I, we, we typically, We'll go and look up the news either. You'll find it on Twitter or, you know, go to various yeah. publications. And you can find it there just because um, I'm a big believer. And, and and I think that's also with the Polynesian background, like we're very into like, you know, energy, you know, positive, negative energy. And a lot of the news like constantly is it's something negative. And it just got to a point. I know for us that we're like, we have to turn it off. Cause it's like, you know, it's like, it's, it's, uh, dampening everything around you. It's like changing your perspective of looking at things. Like you you can just look at your phone and be like, okay, that's negative. Look at this. It's like here. Okay. That's negative. And it's like, it's too much. It's, you don't have, like you said, like the control because Mm -hmm. it's just boom, 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 boom. It's like, is there any positive news at all? And it's like, no. It's, it's almost not. Yeah, so. it was more or less also for my daughter because mm-hmm. she's a teenager. So she mm-hmm. understands. It's not like she's little. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I just wanted to screen sort of the, the media that she's consuming as well, because mm-hmm. I'd rather have a discussion as a family yeah. um, than for her to hear, you know, somebody else's perspective or delivering of, you know, potentially yeah. toxic news. So um, I try to be sort of um, cautious about that as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely have to. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, speaking of uh, with your like, like, how did you? Let's talk about your background. Like, how did you get into PR? Like, was this something you were going like, especially video game PR? Was this something you were going out, you know, like intentionally going into, or like, how did that come about? 
Um, I was a hardcore gamer growing up. Um, mm -hmm. I played video games like everyone else. Um, mm -hmm. And um, I thought I was just really bad at ET. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so I didn't, um, I didn't realize it didn't dawn on me that that, you know, video games was an actual profession mm -hmm. um, until I went for an interview at GT Interactive Software and GT uh, was a video game publisher mm -hmm. um, and uh, they actually published the first uh, Oddworld mm -hmm. uh, for Lanning, and they worked on Duke Nukem, Unreal, uh, Doom, Quake. Um, so it was a pretty big label. Um, mm -hmm. They were in Manhattan, and I actually was interviewing for an accounting position um, because I liked numbers, and uh, I had, you know, math was always like one of my stronger subjects. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought I was going to be an accountant. And then I interviewed with the HR director and he was like, you're not an accountant. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, no, you're, you're PR. So I was like, okay, I had no idea what PR was. Um, I heard of it, but I, mm -hmm. I didn't understand it. I didn't know what, you know, it's so funny because for the longest time, do you ever see that on Twitter when people are like, what are your, what is your, you know, tell us what your parents or your family think you do. Like for the yeah. longest time, my family's like, wait, what do you do again? And I'm like, I am the communicator between the outlet and my client's games, you know? So <laughs> you're like, you know, and then for a while, every video game, my father would be like, oh, you did this too. I'm like, not every video game like that. And no, I'm not a coder. Nope. Didn't. <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, I was the VP of corporate communications over at uh, at GT, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, I just like you know really, really you know uh, learned everything from there. And oh my god, this is gonna date me. Um, <laughs> but I was faxing press releases into a fax machine, and I was calling to pitch people. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, if we go by the standard of IT, they're still using facts. So yeah. You, yeah. you're good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And it's so funny because you would wait for the response of the facts, you know, to come <laughs> and your press release. And it, I mean, I think about it now and it was like forever. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, everything is so much more efficient with email. And I think a lot of media prefer email just because this way they can sift through things that they prefer or they don't mm -hmm. prefer in terms of, you know, the types of pitches or stories that they're going to write. Right. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes it's like saying no on the phone is super awkward. <laughs> I, was, I was always, I know everybody's going to be surprised by this, but I was always really aggressive about it too. Mm -hmm. Like, but in a nice way, you know, mm -hmm. I, my parents always said that I never liked the word no. Mm -hmm. um, and that probably still stands true to today. If you ask my husband, <laughs> 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 but uh i got that hustle so yeah i just um yeah so i worked at gt and then um and then worked i wanted a, a agency experience i didn't have it so i went to edelman because that's a big agency and i was like mm -hmm. well, try that and so then i went to a boutique agency and that's where i found my home for for many years it, i was very torn it was very hard for me to to leave but you know i didn't know you know, I was such a career minded person that I honestly did not realize that once I had my daughter, everything was going to change for me. Mm -hmm. um, and that's exactly what happened. It changed. And uh, I just wanted to be her mom and mm -hmm. ro working remotely just started. And so my old agency were like, we don't want to lose you. So what if we just gave you some work here and there, we understand you can't commit to 40, 50 hours a week, but mm -hmm. you know, and I love them. And so I had little gigs here and there. And then um, probably the biggest, you know, client that I had uh, that came my way was Disney for Disney Infinity. Um, wow. Yeah. So Disney came to me. They had somebody that left their team that went on maternity leave. And uh -huh. maternity leave there was six months. 
Um, and so they wanted somebody to come into their games group to just be like turnkey, come in. And, and, and it was, I was working on like Disney princess and I was like, this is perfect. My daughter's little, we <laughs> love that. And, you know, we went to like screenings for big hero six and, you know, yeah. it was fun, you know? So I did that. And then they brought me on for Fantasia music evolved with harmonics. Wow. Uh, and so I worked with harmonics. Um, mm. I learned a ton just working with Disney and, um, working on that game and and the harmonics team was fantastic and they're still very good friends of me of mine as uh, until this day so that was that was great and then um, and then the infinity team scooped me up uh, for a 3.0 so um, so yeah wow yeah so I, I ended up working with them and then um, I got a ton of experience and mm-hmm. uh, really really enjoyed working with them and um, and then, you know, started working with people like Square Enix. Um, and so that was a big deal for me, too. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I, I got to be honest. And and somebody came down on me, and I wish I re- responded, but I sort of was like, I don't want to get involved in a Twitter fight right now. Mm-hmm. But I talked, I talk very positively about loving my job, mm-hmm. right? And somebody said something about, like, uh, you know, we, you know, um, I'm trying to remember uh, the exact word, but it was something like not all of us get the opportunity to love our job. Mm-hmm. And I understand that, but this was it. This was like almost me just sort of appreciating that I've invested so much time. Mm-hmm. And here I am 20 plus years later, which is a lot of times where people at my age, start reflecting on, should I go into something else? Should I do something else? An entirely Mm -hmm. different career. Maybe there's that dream that I never pursued as you're getting older. And I really still love my job. I was more or less reflecting on that and sharing Mm -hmm. that, you know, there's always that one person that finds negativity in what you're saying. And it was really a positive moment for me. But Mm -hmm. instead of explaining i was like i don't need to explain why i feel that way so i just sort of left it alone and let that person have their you know their moment to feel the way they wanted to um and i sort (laughs) of left it alone because i don't like engaging in any sort of you know debate especially when it comes to the way i feel personally yeah because you're you're talking about your experience and right like that for that person okay you know if if granted, yeah, they didn't enjoy. They don't enjoy what they're doing. Okay, that's that's their thing. Like maybe they should go and try to pursue something else. Know, yeah, yeah, you know, it's like, you know, like don't 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 bring a cloud over. over <laughs> She's enjoying herself. Like, I, it's, it, it is funny. It, social media is such a great tool, but sometimes, man, people people on social media are interesting. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I mean, um. I, you know, I, I take, I've actually been less active on social media um, mm-hmm. you, because for the most part, when I was at events or trade shows, I would be, you know, there with, you know, our industry friends or whatever I take. Mm-hmm. Now we're not doing that. So I think I'm less engaging in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do find little different things that I can, you know, promote here and there that, or, or talk about like, and I, and I get proud. Like I, I still, I know this is going to sound so cheesy, but I still (laughs) get like excited whenever uh, a game that I'm working on an announcement trailer, Mm -hmm. like I get like, (gasps) Like I can't even explain it. It's the the geek in me, I guess. And like, mm-hmm. you know, we were at XO in London last November, mm-hmm. and um, and basically, uh, I was working on Grounded with Obsidian, mm-hmm. and they premiered their announcement trailer there, mm-hmm. and I was just so excited to see it on the big screen like that and to see everybody's reaction mm-hmm. that's pretty darn cool 
No, there's nothing wrong with that. That's, there's nothing <laughs> cheesy about that. That is amazing. I can get so like <laughs> out and cheesy about certain things. So no, that it, was definitely a like a wow moment for me, even in as I mean, I have a million of them, but like, you know, even at that time. So I was just like, wow, this is this is really cool. So so what what are some of your, your top three moments then? Um, one is, uh, I worked on enter the matrix. Wow. And that was the first time we did a collaboration, uh, with mm -hmm. Warner brothers and we did the green carpet and, you know, Jada Pink Pinkett Smith was one of the, you know, main, mm -hmm. uh, characters and, um, working on that to that level at a very young age was probably a big moment for me because it was the first time one of the first times and that was i think that led the example for the collaboration and the blending blurring the lines between film and video games mm -hmm. and i thought that was that was very cool um you know um to to be a part of mm -hmm. um to manage um you know um to work with shiny uh the entire experience i thought that was that was a really really cool um, moment there. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think, uh, take your side. <laughs> trying to think what else I, um, that, I mean, there's, there's, there's a ton. Oh, and I, I actually shared not too long ago and I'll have to send you a photo of it okay. on my Instagram. Um, but it was, uh, the lenticular that we did for the enter the matrix invite because mm -hmm. that's the mail invites. Mm -hmm. And when you moved the lenticular, it was all the coding. Wow. So that was really cool. Um, yeah. So being a part of that was really, really cool. Um, and I mean, I'm trying to think if there was like an, another event um, in between. Um, but I, I would say probably, you know, next to that, my big moment was growing TBPR. Um right just because there's such a, a a great like not only a team but everybody has different levels of experience and but mm. everybody is like um has the same that was that was one of my criteria whenever i interviewed somebody even though um it's a different um approach in terms mm -hmm. of like having a network i always wanted to make sure that it's people that are really passionate about doing PR or passionate mm -hmm. about uh, working in PR or working with the team. And, and, you know, I, I don't know, I, I find this team really unique and I've worked with a lot of different people that I admire and, and mm -hmm. have inspired me all along the way. I would not be here if I didn't have all of those people that inspire mm -hmm. me. Um, but I, I definitely, they inspire me to work harder and do better um, because of how passionate and, and how skilled they are. Um, and it's also, the other thing that was really nice is that, you know, I, I was an independent contractor for so long. Mm -hmm. So it was me making the decisions by myself. And it's so nice to be able to like collaborate or bounce ideas off of other people, which I mm -hmm. haven't done in a while before. I hadn't done in a while before I started this. Um, so that that's that's a, another plus I would say, but those are like my two moments is probably the Matrix and then DVDR. <laughs> totally two different things. <laughs> no, but they're they're both uh, both fantastic and you know great accomplishments. Not many people can can say that they've achieved that, and that's something definitely to be proud of. Like that's that's amazing. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I really I really uh, like that, and I like the flexibility of being from home, like I said, like, um, you know, just to be here for my daughter uh, mm -hmm. and, you know, my husband and my dogs who drive me nuts every day. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody on my team, whenever like I'm out in the kitchen or something and I'm talking mm -hmm. to my team, you know, I'm always like the dogs are always like at me, you know, and I'm like, I gotta, <laughs> I'm like running away with my laptop with, you know, from the dog. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get stuff done you know yeah i just sit there i'm like oh but yeah so and there and you know i also 
talking about Twitter, just going back, you know, I also look because I watch a lot of different programs and shows. Um, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of people that also inspire me. Uh, mm -hmm. and so I look, I look sometimes to people and things and accomplishments and for inspiration. Um, because mm -hmm. uh, I, and, and the other thing is too, I think it's really important as a leader is that you don't know everything. Yeah. And also it's good to challenge yourself to do new things. So mm -hmm. sometimes people come to me with like bizarro PR things that they want. Mm -hmm. And even though it's not necessarily in my wheelhouse, mm -hmm. I'll pull a proposal together um, because I do want to learn and do different things too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so um, sometimes that comes my way too. Um, which is interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, and, you know, one of the things like for me in coming into like uh, the video game industry, you know, in the sense of being a content creator, working with different companies, different brands, different PR uh, companies is what I've come to learn over the last, I want to say six years I've been doing content creation, but the last two or three years I've been very serious about it. I've come to learn how, intricate you know pr teams are to everything that goes on in gaming and how it's a very large industry but it's very small at the same time yeah and i feel like a lot of content creators that i guess are coming up and you know um may not understand and even gamers in general a lot of gamers may not understand how impactful pr is for the games that they love like it's super super important it's super super very imperative but from your perspective like how uh i guess from an insider's perspective like how intricate would you would it be what for pr um you know mm -hmm. it's interesting because um i actually have someone on my team who actually have a couple people uh, mm -hmm. who have uh yeah, uh, now that I'm thinking about it, I have more than a couple who have, uh, <laughs> I'm like, oh, wait a second, um, who have uh, journalistic backgrounds. Um, mm. So they talk about how they did not realize how much involved PR is. Mm. Um, and now that they see, you know, um, you know, they have a better understanding of the entire landscape. Um, and PR is one of those things too, is super hot, fast paced, right? Mm -hmm. One day it might be like, you're marching towards this one, you know, key beat. And then it's like, oh wait, this, this is going to change. We're going to do this, whatever. And then we have to shift, you know, <laughs> uh, that. and it could be anything and everything. Like if, uh, you know, if a big game announces, you know, that they're coming out the date that you plan to come out. Right. Mm -hmm. But maybe you didn't announce the date yet. You just said fall, right? And then you find yeah. out like a big game. You can shift that internally. So there's yeah. a lot of behind the scenes things that happen. Um, that is a, a collaboration, but also it's, you know, it, there's a lot of strategy. There's a lot of thought that goes into it. And there's a lot of planning that goes into it too. Um, so um, sometimes I get, you know, uh, you know, people that come to me and they have something they're like, oh, we have this announcement going out in a week or two. Uh, can mm -hmm. you come on and write a press release? And I'm like, we do more. It's got to be thoughtful, right? Mm -hmm. So um, so sometimes I'll turn that down because I don't just come on and write a press release, right? It's there's strategy involved and there's thought mm -hmm. process behind it. So, um, you know, for, for a new client, I'm saying. So, um, so there's things like that that you have to be sort of mindful of, like, okay, what's the goal of this? And you have to think that through and what the strategy is and then mm -hmm. you know, whether you're going to take certain things on or not. Um, but, you know, I uh, I try to think those things through before I commit. And, uh, yeah, and, and I, I mean, again, I, I like to work, so I'm working all hours. <laughs> so, but it's my own choice, you know, yeah. not, not everybody. It's not, it's not for everybody to be as busy or have that fast pace in mind. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, uh, I, I, I like, I like being the person, especially when it's something real good that you're working on. To mm -hmm. know that, you know, the journalist, like, 
guess what's happening. You've got to <laughs> hold on to this until, you know, like, but it's something cool that you've been working on. You're like, I can't wait to tell them, you know? Yeah. A lot of times with PR, you got to hang on to secrets for a long time and you're just <laughs> like, ah! <laughs> I want to tell somebody. But, you know, so yeah, it's exciting. Uh, typically for you, like when it comes to projects that you take on, um, what are some like on average, are they usually several years, like two or three year minimum, or does it wildly vary based on the project that you take on? Yeah, it, it's it's definitely different. You know, sometimes I, I do have the luxury of planning ahead, you know, mm -hmm. two years ahead or so, or 18 months, but sometimes it's not the case. Um, as long as I have a good runway and I mm -hmm. have some control over what the engagement is going to be, then, you know, I'm willing to be flexible and work with that person. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. And then um, I guess one of the questions I, I have, I actually have a couple of questions that, because um, before I, I do an interview, like I'll let my audience know, like, okay, this is the person I'm going to interview. So I have a couple for my audience that uh, they're curious to know and, a couple of might send around content creators. Just you know, give you a hit up on a heads okay. up on that. Um, so one of the questions that I have here is uh, how pivotal are content creators and influencers uh, towards PR for a game? Like as a PR person, this is a very multifaceted question. Yeah, go ahead. But as as a as a PR person, uh, is it critical for you to work with influencers and content creators to promote a product? So I would say that um, you know, I mean, it's not uh, critical, but mm -hmm. I I like to partner with certain influencers and content creators. Um, especially those that are super passionate about a project that I'm working on and they want mm -hmm. to play our game. I'm definitely open to that. Um, and so we actually um, have a process where a lot of people will submit interest for a game uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, and then we distribute codes at that, you know, at the time of launch um, so that they can play the game. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then other question I have, this one is actually, okay, this one's actually from my wife, Lehua <laughs> asks, uh, what are the top five uh, common mistakes that you see that content creators do when it comes to reaching out either to a PR team or to a company to work with them? Um, <clears throat> I would say um, copy and paste. So they just, <laughs> there's no, there's no real care in the email mm -hmm. they're sending to you. Um, and so then it's like, why should we pay attention to this if you didn't take the time to really mm -hmm. think about what you're asking for here? Um, and um, I would say probably uh, the other thing is that, um, just sending a simple email, like I'd like a code for your game, but there's no real context to it. Like mm -hmm. what you plan on doing with that code, you know, sharing a link, because usually we'll follow up with like, can you share a link, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, just, you know, past engagements that you had. Um, I would probably say um, DMing because there's a process and it's hard to track DMs, emails best, I would mm -hmm. say. Um, DM to start there, sure, if you want to have an engagement, but then let's transfer it over to email. Because um, I think that helps everybody keep organized. You know, um, I think because we use so many different platforms for communication between DM and Slack and, you know, uh, mm -hmm. Messenger sometimes people still send me messages on. And really? Like, yes. What? <laughs> I get Facebook Messenger and I'm like, wait, what? What's this? <laughs> this oh wait i have to open 17 apps to get to oh forget it you know <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and um you know just being thoughtful i would say just being thoughtful in in your email and, and what why you would want to play the game mm -hmm. um, and stream the game um you know and then also just like please 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 do not break embargo that's all i have to say <laughs> okay so when it comes to breaking embargo this is something like 
I, I see it so often and I don't understand aside from maybe a couple extra clicks and some traffic in the long run, what good does that do to other creators when they do that? Cause I I've seen as many games I've worked with, you know, I've worked with Square Enix, Bandai Namco and many others when it comes to games and they're like, this is a deadline. This is the time and the, 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 uh, the time, uh, what is it? Uh, the time zone for when this, this can go live, you can put out certain things and don't go beyond that. And I see it time and time again, creators are just like, Oh, we're, you know, here it is. This is my thoughts. This, you know, we're gonna break embargo, especially with uh, Final Fantasy VII remake. You know, I got to work with Square. That was the first time I got to work with Square Enix. Okay. And there were so many influences I personally knew that just broke embargo, and I'm over here like, "What are you doing?" Because yeah. that it, <laughs> to me, it's like you're affecting everyone else. And companies' willingness to even want to work with influencers or content creators again, and it's like it, it's a very selfish thing. And I, I don't, I've never understood the logic of it. Well, I think there's a couple of things that are going on when it's a media outlet that breaks embargo. I think sometimes they accidentally because they have embargoed information that they already have in the queue, mm-hmm. um, and it's only happened a few times with big outlets, um, like and they quickly apologize and remove it. But uh, sometimes it's maybe some, they pass the buck and said, oh, publish this at whatever to somebody and it's a press of a button or something like that, that they mm-hmm. accidentally did. That's that to me, it, while it's, it's not great. Um, mm-hmm. I, I try to be understandable, especially if it's somebody that I know really, really well. And I know genuinely did not deliberately do that. Right. They mm-hmm. didn't deliberately aim to do that and they feel terrible about it. Um, but I think with uh, with influencers, I think the one thing that me and my team are really good at is that um, we partner uh, with people that are respectful and mindful of our embargoes and has mm-hmm. it at such. Um, some people, there's so many, there's so many that come through our door. I'm going to sound like on the other end of the spectrum where I know journalists are like, I get pitched by hundreds of emails. Like that's what <laughs> we get a lot of people that express interest, which is awesome. But we do have to, number one, we only get a limited set of keys. So it's not yeah. like, uh, it's not like Christmas, right? Or like Oprah with a car, yeah. you know, you get a car, you get, you know, it's not like that. <laughs> we definitely need to be mindful of how many, how many keys we can distribute. So yeah. um, if it, it, it's obviously better if we already have a pre-existing relationship with you, Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but we're we're pretty open, especially if somebody has a history of like they stream often. Um, you know, you see their their channel is active, um, and then you you want to. So I haven't. I will say it's happened a few times to me as well. But I think we have some good relationships, but we also set some good parameters, and then. The other content creators, unfortunately, they don't get the codes in advance. They get them day of or after that, just because until we have that relationship with them and we know for mm-hmm. sure um, that, you know, that that embargo won't break, we have a policy um, mm-hmm. and, you know, we need to, to always adhere to that policy. So, um, but I think we're fair. I, I honestly think my team is very, very fair um, in how we, uh, you know, provide codes. And again, um, depends on how many codes we get for a game, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause if we have limited codes, we need to be li- limited in terms of how we distribute it. Um, but you know, uh, again, if you have a history and a relationship with us, I think, um, you know, then we're more willing to send it in advance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes we don't get codes, um, until closer to launch. So it just, yeah. you know, it depends, you know, everybody's different. So we just sort of handle it on a case by case basis. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's one of the things. Like, I hope you know the audience. You guys realize, like, when it's, especially when it comes to codes, like that's always a variable, and that can even be platform specific too. Because I know, like, with uh, I was working with Evolve PR with uh, was it uh, Kingdoms of Amalur Re Reckoning, and I remember I requested a code for Xbox One because I've noticed yeah. like when a lot of games come out, it's typically people ask for PC or PS4 or switch first and 
So I'm like, okay. So the angle I try to go at is, you know, let me cover how this works on Xbox just so I can have some way of like differentiating myself from everyone else. Like, hey, I reviewed this game on the Xbox One. Yeah. And I got it on the Xbox One S and, and One X. And this is the performance difference. It's like, that's one of the things I go for. And when I requested that game, they're like, hey, uh, we didn't get codes for it. But would you like to request it for another platform? We can go ahead and just push it through. Because, you know, again, for the audience who may not know, sometimes with certain platforms, you may not get that in, like, in time. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, and that's the other thing, too, with, if you're an influencer or a content creator and you get a code, treat that with the utmost respect. Like, yeah. if I get codes, okay, so, like, I'm typically reviewing 7 to 15 games a week. <laughs> it's, and it, it is funny. People are like, oh, you're just playing video games. No, I'm working. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's like when I get a code, I treat it like, okay, so I, I'll put it in my Outlook calendar. Like, okay, this is due here, here. These, these are the points I want to hit. I'll also ask, reach out to the company. Like, is there anything you want me to specifically highlight? And it's not so that, you know, I'm asking them to, or I'm asking if they want me to like just promote a certain thing. But like, if there's a certain feature that's you're touting and you want me to promote that, okay, I'll talk about that. You know, I don't have an issue with that. I'm, I'm very much, you know, I, I love working with the industry because for me, it's it's a privilege. I I growing up, I never thought I could be able to work with gaming companies. I thought reading Game Pro magazine and I and EGM magazine was like. The closest I would ever get, and it's it's crazy when my parents are like, "What do you do again? You review video games? You just play games all day?" Uh, yeah, that's- yeah. I, well, that's yeah, that's. that's <laughs> but I think I think with anything with content creators, clients, media outlets, publications, online sites, everyone, um, it's a partnership. Yeah, right? but it's a business. Yeah, so you have to treat it as such, right? There's yeah. mutual respect, so. You know, that's that's sort of where they you need to come out with the professionalism. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and that to me is and, and is really, really important um, when you're working with uh, somebody in PR. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and also it's a very small industry. People know each other. Just know that. So if you're doing the copy and paste, I'm sure someone else has seen that same copy and paste, too. So. Yeah, and and I'll, I'll say that I, you know, because I've been in the industry for a long time, a lot of people ask me, "Do you know so and so?" If they're interviewing them or whatever, that happens a lot. You know, have you worked with this person? You know, <laughs> but you're saying the industry is small. It's true. I can't even tell you how many times it's come back around again, and I'm like, yeah, I used to work with that person. You know, five years ago at whatever. You know, so you know that's the other thing. It's it's funny. It's like. You know, everybody sort of knows each other now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, it's just one of those things like I, uh, you know, I, I work with other content creators who will ask me like, oh, you know, how do I reach out to this person? How do I reach out to them? And I'm like, well, the best way is just to reach out and let it be something organic. It's heartfelt. Like show your passion because your passion will shine through. Um, if you genuinely want to work with a company, you can work your way there. Like you may not get a review code or a review copy or a review product immediately, but work towards it. You know, I very strongly emphasize, you know, both to my audience and to other content creators I know that are coming up, like work with what you have, you know, build a body of work. Yeah. That way you have something to reference to. For me, I've got my YouTube channel. I've got my website. I've got, you know, my my podcast like this is my body of work so when i go to someone like hey i'd like to work with you here's examples of what i've done you know it's a portfolio and i think in many ways i wish that business aspect of mentality was more common with a lot of the content careers that are coming up but eventually you know everyone has their own way of of getting getting through and navigating (laughs) Yeah, I just think uh, I think at least what I can attest about you is that you you were um, you did your research, and so when you reached out to me and and we were you know working on a few projects that I was working on and, and doing interviews, that you had the utmost professionalism, 
Um, and you know, you provided like, oh, you don't know who I am. Here's who I am. Here's links and everything. So, you know, that's the, that's probably the hardest part is that somebody might be interested. And then if they don't provide links, just because we're so busy, we might put it aside for a second because mm -hmm. we need to have time to do that search, like that Google search or whatever on YouTube or, you know, sort of dig for that a little bit. So I, I want to say thank you. I really appreciated that about you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, being respectful of time, I've got one final question for you. Because <laughs> I, I, you know, and I, I know you're very busy and I really want to be respectful of your no, time. No, I'm so glad we made this happen. This <laughs> <I'm> so happy. <laughs> Um, so, uh, as far as like, uh, conventions, how, w w I guess with the lack of physical conventions, you know, with the lack of E3 and a physical Tokyo game show and everything that's going on with, you know, lack of packs right now, how, how impactful would you say that is to the gaming industry and the PR agencies that work alongside the gaming industry? Well, I think there's nothing like, uh, you know, having physical contact in person conversations like you can't replace that. Yeah. No, no Zoom call, Discord, you know, <laughs> you know, Google Hangout, everything. You throw it all out in one thing. It's not the same at all. I mean, a lot of my connections and my conversations and things would happen organically Mm -hmm. over a cocktail, a dinner, a coffee or whatever, you know, let's meet and walk to the convention together, whatever it was, you know, you can't replace that. Um, however, in terms of events, yeah, we've all pivoted digitally. We've seen that, mm -hmm. right? You know, everybody's been able to have their, you know, events, uh, you know, and um, uh, been able to showcase their products and their consoles. Mm -hmm. I mean, we saw it with Microsoft and Sony and yeah. uh, a lot of my clients, we've pivoted di digitally and we will continue to do so as long as we're doing this because we do have a job to do and we do have mm -hmm. a message to send out and we do have games that we're working on. So that doesn't stop. However, it doesn't replace the in-person. So I am looking forward very much to the day that we can go back to you know, I'm thinking about New York Comic Con I'd be prepping for right now and being in the mm -hmm. city and seeing a lot of my industry friends or, you know, I always treated, well, not always in the past couple of years because we're only three years old, but I treated my team for the past couple of years to, you know, the Game Awards. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not going to be doing that this year. So those are the things that I always look forward to in terms of outside of just having the event itself for the purpose of having the event it's the mm -hmm. socializing and being with your friends and having those conversations and real talk that you're not having right now it's very very isolating and listen mm -hmm. we could set up all the zoom calls in the world it still doesn't replace that you know in-person connection that yeah. you get from when you have those conversations you know yeah no, I, I agree fully. I was talking to uh, my friend Andrew Rayner from Game Informer about this uh, recently, and it's it's definitely one of those situations where it's like, you know, you have the people, they'll say like, oh, I can just watch Game Awards, or I can watch E3 on YouTube, and it's the same thing. And it's like, no, until you've actually been to these events, it is worlds apart from each other. Like, watching it and physically being there are so different. And I, I miss it. Like last year was my first E3. I got sent out there. My wife and I got sent there by PDP. And that was truly an amazing experience we were not ready for because we were told like, yeah, just just get a hotel by the airport. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and an hour and a half each day in traffic. <laughs> Nobody warned me for that until like we got to the convention and people were like, oh, you know, did you get your Airbnb in the area? And I was like, oh, no, we got our hotel at, at uh, yeah. an airport. And everyone would look at us like, are, are you serious? I was well, like, that was like a lot of places they couldn't get the hotels 
near the convention center because, right, they'd be like, you know, uh, you know, they'd be blocked out. The ESA would have, you know, their, the housing all sort of blocked. And so there was times where my client was like, well, we can put you out in Beverly Hills. And I was like, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll figure it out. Uh-uh. So, yeah. So I, uh, yeah, there was a lot of times that I just like, I stayed in like a whatever hotel. Wasn't mm-hmm. even great i remember one hotel i stayed in like three years ago or four years ago it was like i went to go turn the knob for the hot water and the knob came off in my hand and i was like sure whatever you know like i guess and i had somewhere to be so i'm literally like call i called the hotel they're like we'll send maintenance up it's like 7 a.m that's like the last thing i want to be dealing with so Mm -hmm. i had to uh, ask somebody to like they ended up having an extra room and E3 that's unheard of. And they moved me there and then I was able to shower, but I was just like, Oh God, what's happening? <laughs> what do I have to do? Who am I going to call to bust it into their room so I can take a shower before this thing? Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's nuts. Yeah. Uh, but E3 it's like, and then I, I sponsored dice this year with uh, mm-hmm. Lillian uh, who's a colleague of mine and, uh, you know, Stephanie shop of, uh, Tinsley PR. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the three of us, we sponsored dice this year. That was super fun. Uh, it's first time I ever did that. And, you know, like I said, there's, there's, I don't know everything. So I always <laughs> ways and stuff, but it was the, I just launched my website. Mm-hmm. And so it was a good way to get the word out there, which is why I also sponsored. So, um, but I also love what, what Megan does with, with dice. Um, and, um, I really love that event. Um, it's just, uh, very personal and, mm-hmm. and I really, I really like that, that event very much. Okay. Definitely. Definitely. And I, I just, <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't have fun in Vegas? So, so, so here, you know, fingers crossed next year, we get the opportunity to go to events again. Fingers crossed. Yes. (laughs) So is is there anything um, you'd like to leave the audience with before we go today? Uh, I miss everyone. (laughs) (laughs) I miss people. This is very hard for a people person. So, uh, I'm Latin and a lot of Latin people are mm. you know, like, like our people, people. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're big huggers, you know, big kissers, you know? So it's like, you know, I, I understand. I'm Dominican. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. So yeah, it's like, right. You're always hugging and moving and whatever. And, you know, now I'm not going to be doing that because even after this, whenever it is that we go out in events, I'm going to be doing the fist bump. Right? <laughs> and or you'd be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. I'm like, I, I mean, so many people would be like taken aback because I'd see them and then I'd be like hugging them, you know, don't <laughs> that but that's how I am. I'm very much hugging all the time. And now I'm going to be like, but it's funny because I was at PAX this year Mm -hmm. and it was right when they were talking about, you know, COVID and Mm -hmm. I was like, and I was hearing on the news, but everybody was at PAX East Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, they, you know, I remember my developer was like, Oh, do you want to, you know, try the game? I was like, uh, uh, I'm not touching a controller. <laughs> After I'm hearing all the news, and I'm glad I didn't, but I brought a lot of hand sanitizer, so we were always, you know, every five <laughs> and wiping down the controller, you know, making sure whatever. Oh man, do you remember when we just go somewhere and nobody cared about this stuff? I, I know. I, I really feel like this is good. You know, the 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 dynamic of how we're going to interact as humans going forward is just going to be so different. Like yeah. it's it's crazy. Like when I go to the store, I like before I just never really thought of it. Like yeah, I just wipe down the the grocery cart, walk in, grab your stuff. Now I'm over here. Like if I see someone coughing, I'm like, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I mean, I only go to like two places when I'm home. Um, mm -hmm. you know, but we do have outdoor dining, which I've done a few times. But the, the thing is, is that, you know, my heart really goes out to the people that, that lost someone, yeah. uh, you know, to COVID. Um, because, I, I mean, that's unimaginable, you know. And uh, as you know, I lost my dad earlier yeah. this year. And that was that was hard because, you know, you weren't, you know, he was in the hospital for you. You weren't allowed to go and do yeah. what you would. And so... You know, it's just it's just a really hard year for a lot of people. Um, so I hope I I hope and and I know that we'll get through this. It's just yeah. the getting through part that's going to be hard. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that's. Yeah, this has been a very mentally, emotionally, physically draining year that I, I don't think any of us could have really. Well, I say us as in us there dealing yeah, with everyone, right? It, yeah, you know, like it, it 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 was just it's unforeseen. I've yeah. uh about a week ago uh found out one of my friends actually passed away from COVID. Oh, and then a couple months ago one of my friends' mothers passed away too. Oh, and then geez. it's and it's just a part where you can't be there. Because yeah. of yeah. you know the, the the social contact limitations, like that's the part that's just. <sighs> I know, I know, yeah. I know. We actually, you know, it's it's uh, it's, you know, it's something that we're all sort of going through together. But yeah. you know, uh, everyone in you know industry friend industry friends peers everyone knows this that my phone is always open for mm -hmm. people um and you know i started this thing and i stopped and i should continue it up again but when this all hit i would text or call someone i don't normally mm -hmm. every single day in my phone and i was going down by the alphabet just to check in on them just to see mm -hmm. how they were just to see how they were handling things and everything like that and sometimes just hearing my jersey accent just makes them laugh mm -hmm. so, <laughs> <laughs> so, so and it's like an uplifting thing but uh yeah so i try to i'm trying to you know continue the positivity which is why i started those care packages with my team mm -hmm. uh, just to be something more uplifting um, and mindful and, and just know that everybody, and it's okay. Everybody goes or deals with stress mm -hmm. and things that are happening. That's, you know, um, in, you know, impacting everyone differently. And, mm -hmm. uh, and you just have to be understanding of that. You know, yeah. um, I, um, I don't know why, but I, as, as much as it, it's, um, hard not being social because mm -hmm. I'm a social person. So this is hard for me. Um, I've learned to find different things that to replace that. Um, and that's spending more time with my family that I didn't have before because I was always on the road. Yeah. yeah. So and, I'm trying to find the silver lining in all of it. Yeah. And, I, and, and that's uh, very similar for myself. Like with you know, my wife and I, like we uh, been married for years and until this whole situation happened, we've never spent this much time together. Because yeah. usually, you know, when she was working her job, I was asleep. And then, like, our, we rarely ever, you know, crossed. And in the last year, I've been, like, I've been doing this full-time podcasting content creating for a year fully. But before that, I was doing IT, working 18 hours a day, seven, six days a week, and eight hours on the, eighth, on the, on the seventh day. So we rarely ever saw each other and then this whole thing happened and then, you know, with me working from home and now she's actually transitioned over to being a full-time content creator as well. Oh, okay. And it's, it's, uh, allowed us, we spend so much time together and then, you know, we're, we're now expecting our, our first child, oh, <laughs> which is, I didn't know that when, um, March, March, uh, March 20, March 22nd is our, our we is our date so boy or girl we don't know we're, we're gonna find out i think next month or maybe november or wait no we're is it october no it's september next month we'll find out october okay. we'll find out <laughs> so 
So it's, uh, yeah. Well, you're blessed. So this is actually a good year for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, you know, with that being said, um, I, I actually do have one final question. And that question oh, is, did you have fun? I had a great time. I really, <laughs> I'm sorry I waited so long to do this. No, no, no. And, you know, we, we definitely need to have you back on the show again. I know you're very busy, so we will schedule it in. I'll have my yeah. people talk to your people, <laughs> which is just you and I talking to each it other. basically means that you're just going to DM me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and with that being said, uh, I'll leave links to all your uh, social media outlets, uh, your website as well. And um, anything else? Is there anything you want to plug before we go? Or No, no. I just hope everybody continues to be well and safe and, you know, and close out the, the year as best we can. And, and and with that being said, people, this is uh, wrapping up another episode of the Casanova podcast. You can catch it on multiple outlets. If you're watching it, I'm going to, you know, it's all down here. But uh, we recently just got on a- Amazon Music. Amazon reached out to us to get the show on there. So we're on Amazon Music, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, couple other places too uh for audio listening if you're watching it it's typically they're going to be on youtube or on twitch so you can catch it on those two outlets as well and uh yeah number one podcast in hawaii and in the pacific and with that being said tara and i are signing out you guys have a good one bye hey did you enjoy this episode of the casanova podcast well i'm sure you did and since you did and you're wondering where else you can find it you can find it on every podcasting outlet. Yes, it includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Launchpad DM by Podcast One, and so much more. And the only thing I ask of you is if you truly enjoyed it, even if you didn't enjoy it, please leave a rating and tell us what you thought of it, what you like, what you didn't like, and everything in between. And also, if you're looking for video formats of this podcast and many more, you'll be able to find them on YouTube.com slash Mikhail Casanova, as well as on Twitch.tv slash Mikhail Casanova, and new episodes every single Monday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, that being said, this is Mikhail Casanova, Hawaii's favorite YouTuber. I am signing out. You guys have a great one.